And we are off and running. This is Start Your Sunday, usually on KCOU 88.1. Not today, another Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your music and podcast edition of Start Your Sunday. Glad you are starting your Sunday with us. Actually, it is just me, Harrison Vapnik here. Not in Columbia, Missouri, not in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm actually in Chicago, Illinois here at O'Hare Airport. Got a bit of a layover between flights between Los Angeles and going back to Missouri. So had a little bit of time to put together a podcast. It's just past 6.30 a.m. Central Time. This is certainly the earliest edition of Start Your Sunday. But hey, it'll be a little quick episode. Got a couple segments and we will get going. But I'm going to start with this. So in just this weird, terrible year we've had with things like deaths and wildfires and a pandemic and unemployment out of the roof and protests and civil injustice and a high-stress election. In the world, we've kind of lacked like a, a feel-good story or just some kind of history where everyone can like kind of rally behind, at least most people. And yesterday, in what was a pretty quiet day of college football, usually that Saturday after Thanksgiving, the Friday after Thanksgiving, it's just so much action and a lot of noise and the rivalries, but we really didn't have that yesterday. It was a quiet day in college football, but somehow it was one of the most historic days in the 151-year history of one of my favorite sports, and that's college football. And it happened. It happened to be occurring in the place where we record this show usually, Columbia, Missouri, home of the University of Missouri Tigers. But the story isn't the University of Missouri Tigers today, even though they did have an impressive victory. The story is Sarah Fuller. And so, for those who don't usually know me, football, well, if you're an avid listener of the show, which we appreciate all of you, football is my favorite form of entertainment in the world. But one of the more under-the-radar things I highly enjoy are movies, and specifically, in this case, rom-coms. I know it's not the typical demographic, but I'll connect it to in just a second. So last night, or I guess a couple of hours ago, on my flight from LA to Chicago, I turned on a movie I heard about recently from a friend that really couldn't have been more relevant than it is today. And the movie is uh, She's the Man. It's a movie from 2006 starring uh, Amanda Bites. And it's basically about a girl being left off a soccer team because she was a girl and her goal was to eventually prove everyone wrong and prove she could play with the boys. And she pretended that she was her brother and there was some romance involved. And I don't wanna to get super into it, even though it is a certainly good movie and worth the watch. Um, and there were so many just stereotypes in there about like girls can't play with the guys, they'll never be better than us. And you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Sarah Fuller just lived this out in real life. Watching that sequence of events yesterday felt like a movie. I don't know Sarah Fuller's background. I don't know if she was treated differently growing up because of how great of an athlete she is and if she ever wanted to play for a boys team at some point or something like that. But that stuff happens. Sarah Fuller made history yesterday. Playing in the SEC as a woman. Playing football in the SEC as a woman. The SEC is a conference known for their phrase, it just means more. It just means more. It is written on the side of the SEC headquarter building. This story means more than any attention it will or ever can get. Sarah, Pol- Sarah Fuller, what she did yesterday, 
basically became a pioneer of the football world. I'm a 19-year-old young adult male. I have no idea what it's like to grow up the way Sarah Fuller and hundreds of thousands of other girls grow up feeling intimidated or feel inferior to boys in sports. But that game yesterday gave me chills. And the fact that she can prove and was able to prove that any girl can do what she did yesterday is quite frankly on the same level as what Jackie Robinson did back in the civil rights movement. Back to the movie. This was made, what, like 14 years ago, 2006. So yeah, 14 years ago. And there are many similar films out there, I'm sure, but I'm just specifying on this one because I saw it. And it's just the stereotypes in there were just so real. And it's just stuff that happens, things that you see. And, you know, I mentioned it was 14 years ago, but it's incredible it's actually taken this long for something like this to happen in sports, seeing a woman play in a Power 5 conference, even though it's kicker. I'm going to keep it on a more positive note, even with the stereotypes and all of that, the things that are still real. But saying on the positive note, it's one of the most positive days, one of the most proudest days for any sports fan or any college football fan or any just male or female in general in the world because they can just see the movement that's happening. Like, this is the new normal in sports. Like, this is the sports world that we're going to become if you like it or not. Because this world is a whole lot better and a whole lot more fun and it's more open toward everybody. And for those who are saying, like, what the Vanderbilt situation was, was a publicity stunt. Just shut up. Please. This is history. Was it a publicity stunt when Jackie Robinson was signed to the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 1950s? Were there people in the 1950s questioning if it was a publicity, a publicity stunt? Of course there were. Are there people in 2020 questioning if the Sarah Fuller starting a kicker was a publicity stunt? Of course there are. And those people are being left off the greatest movement in sports in my lifetime. If you just can't appreciate this, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and ask why you even watch sports to begin with. Because it doesn't get more powerful than this. And just to any girl out there, I'm just in the words of what Sarah Fuller said yesterday in the post-game presser, her words, I just want to tell all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to, you really can. And if you have that mentality all the way through, you can do big things. Sarah Fuller, you have done big things. And it is, I mentioned earlier, it is the biggest movement I have ever seen in sports. And I think the most important because this is where it's heading. And I mentioned the movie that I watched a couple hours ago. It's, it feels like a movie what I just saw in sports. And this is what sports is all about. And it's even emotional thinking about of just how great and how powerful that was. And I just, I'm excited to see more and more come in, in football, because this is just the story and all this is awesome. Also, the people who are criticizing the kickoff have clearly never heard of a mortar kick before. That was designed to take a tough bounce in Missouri to field that ball. Vanderbilt was down like 20 to zero when this was happening. It was a smart play for people saying, oh, terrible kick. That was by design. Like, shut up. But to end it on a positive note, 
outstanding. Kudos to Vanderbilt. Kudos to Sarah Fuller. Kudos to the entire sports world. And any girl who ever dreams about playing football, just a remarkable step forward from Sarah Fuller of Vanderbilt yesterday. And now to the rest of the show. So as I mentioned, it was a quiet day, a quiet weekend of college football. You know, it's great to appreciate that in a season there have been so many cancellations and postponements and everything in between. It's good we have games to begin with. I'm certainly not complaining about, you know, the lack of games, maybe the lack of close games and the big games that have been advertised. But one of the bigger games that the season that has been advertised was uh, Notre Dame at North Carolina, a game that happened on Friday. Notre Dame, number two in the country, North Carolina. I believe, what, they're like 17, 18 in that range. And there were 19. The skepticism of Notre Dame, despite beating Clemson, and uh, I mentioned this on a show a couple weeks ago, Notre Dame does not get the same treatment as they should be. They don't get the same treatment as Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Georgia, even, <coughs> even though... They have a better track record than some of these programs. They won 31-17. They are 9-0 on the season. Ian Book. No one's talking about Ian Book for the Heisman. He has been better than almost every quarterback, maybe outside Kyle Trask and Mac Jones, this season in all of college football. Threw for 279 more yards, a touchdown, ran for almost 50 yards. He is just... And he's also not being talked about in the NFL draft like so many other quarterbacks are. Ian Book wins games. He is 29-3 as a starter for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Notre Dame has been playing football for over 100 years, clearly close to 150 years. No quarterback has won more games than Ian Book. And the fact that nobody talks about him is incredible and it's because the, the only reason for this is because of what happened when they were on the big stage against Clemson in the 2018 Cotton Bowl, where Notre Dame laid an egg and lost 33-3 to to Clemson. And like, oh, so this is Notre Dame, this overrated program. Ian Book, not good. All Ian Book does is win. As I mentioned, 29-3 as a starter. And... It's honestly setting up for this, just the perfect redemption story for him. You know, they have that good year in 2018 where they were undefeated, but people still weren't high on them. And they get to the playoff. They lay an egg against Clemson. They had a mediocre last season. They lost a couple games. I know they lost two. They lost a tough game at Georgia at night. And then lost a, they lost two road night games last year. They lost at Georgia and at Michigan. That was it. I don't think Ian Book has lost a game at Notre Dame Stadium to think about it. Or I don't think he's lost to it, an ACC opponent as a starter, which is just incredible to think about. But back to the point, the redemption story that Ian Book is setting up right now, that if Notre Dame plays Clemson likely again in the ACC championship, and he already beat them once. And if he can beat Trevor Lawrence, because he beat the backup Ugalele, if he can play Trevor Lawrence... In Charlotte, which is basically a road game for them because of how close that is for Clemson, and they win that, and they're back in the playoff, and maybe they're playing Alabama, who we remember eight years ago, Notre Dame lost by 30 points to Alabama in the national championship game down in Miami. This is kind of setting up for just this ultimate redemption season or this ultimate 
revenge, the revenge story for Chip Kelly, not Chip Kelly, Brian Kelly, sorry, and Ian Book and that entire Notre Dame program who people have been overlooking for years and years. And this, this is their chance. They're 9-0. They got a couple games left. I think they play Syracuse next week. They wrap up, I think, with Wake Forest. And then they're looking ahead to Clemson, an ACC championship. If they lose, I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoff or not. It's going to come down to some committee decisions. But if they win, they're in. And this is an exciting story. This is probably the most exciting story in college football right now. It's just this incredible season that Notre Dame has had. Also, Sam Howell, Notre Dame sophomore sensation quarterback. Just 211 yards, touchdown pass, rush touchdown for him. I kind of expect more from him. This was one of the highest recruits in last year's class, had an outstanding freshman year, and high expectations for this season. He's, he's had some games, but in the big ones, he just he hasn't done it. I was pretty unimpressed of what happened against Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame has one of the best defenses, not just in the ACC, but the entire FBS. And... I expect more from Sam Howell. If he's going to take that next step and be an NFL quarterback and be a top 10 pick in the draft probably next year or the year after at the latest, I kind of wanted to see more from him. And Mac Brown has done an outstanding job since taking over for North Carolina. But let's, let's transition to the team we just talked about, the team that Notre Dame is looking ahead to, the team that every team should be looking ahead to, and that's Clemson. Their starting quarterback hadn't played in a month. Trevor Lawrence, one of the great college football quarterbacks of our generation. He hadn't done his job for a month. And then he steps on the field against a good Pittsburgh defense, one of the best pass rushes in not just the ACC, but all of college football. Trevor Lawrence threw for 403 yards and two touchdowns. That's the second most passing yards he had in his career. The other one came a couple of weeks ago against Georgia Tech before he had COVID. He didn't do his job for a month. And then threw for 403 yards. I don't care what job you're in. If you're a surgeon and you don't do surgery for a month and you come back and have one of your, I guess, one of your best performances, or if you're a pilot and you're off for an extended period of time and then you're flying again, it's, I know those are two completely different jobs between pilots and doctors and surgeons, but if you're taking a long period off, it wasn't by Trevor Lawrence's choice, of course, but the long period off and then coming back and just staying on that level, it just proves how elite he's going to be. And, you know, it's looking like it's going to be the New York Jets that draft him. He could be the quarterback that turns around that pro that organization. They haven't had a decent quarterback since Joe Namath, Joe Willie Namath back in the 1960s and 70s. But just the impact he has. They won that game against Pittsburgh 52-17. to Even with Travis Etienne, their star running back, uh, held under 60 yards, did, cut, did run for a couple touchdowns. Uh, Cornell Powell, their receiver, six catches, 176 yards, and a touchdown. Amari Rodgers had 10 catches for 93 yards. This team's good. It's going to be tough to beat, and we're heading on this collision course for the Notre Dame-Clemson rematch in Charlotte which is going to be one of the most highly anticipated college football championship, I guess conference championship we've ever seen. Also, speaking of highly anticipated conference championship, Alabama, Florida is going to be the same exact thing with probably winner heading to the playoff, unless Florida slips up to a, a 
I think they still have LSU and Tennessee left on the schedule. I wouldn't expect them to lose Alabama. I wouldn't expect them to lose to anyone. I think they play LSU next week also. But it's it's going to be exciting, this finish. As I mentioned, it was a quiet week, but, you know, it's just we're grateful that we have some college football. Let's go through some scores uh, for the weekend. One of the better matchups of on Friday, number 13, Iowa State defeated number 17, Texas, 23-20. to Brees Hall had 20 carries, 91 yards for Iowa State. Also had a touchdown. Brock Purdy, their quarterback, threw for over 300 yards. He's going to be a day two, maybe early day three pick in the NFL draft. That is someone I would take in my organization. He is a smart quarterback who makes good decisions. Uh, number 15, Oregon got upset uh, against Oregon State on the road in their rivalry game, the Civil War. Running back for Oregon State, Jamar Jefferson. Uh, 226 rushing yards, two touchdowns. As Oregon losing basically ends the Pac-12's hopes. Alabama defeated Auburn in the Iron Bowl, 42-13. Mac Jones threw, I think, a career-high five touchdowns on 302 yards. Devontae Smith, one of the best receivers in this draft class, seven catches, 171, two touchdowns. Texas A&M beat LSU, 20-7. Uh, Florida beat Kentucky 34-10. Number 8 Northwestern lost to Michigan State 29-20. Mel Tucker in his first year has already pulled off a couple big upsets. He beat Michigan at the big house. Now he takes down number 8 Northwestern to essentially end their playoff hopes unless they win the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Number 9 Georgia beat South Carolina 45-16. Indiana beat Maryland 27-11. And Oklahoma State high-scoring win against Texas Tech. 50-44, 50-44, to 44. as I mentioned, a lot of cancellations this week, but we were grateful for the games we had. We'll do a little uh, playoff predictions. Not too much change in the rankings from what I had last week. I'm going to go Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, Texas A&M 5, Florida 6, Cincinnati 7. And I really think all four of those spots are up for grabs right now. It's all going to come down to championship the only team i really don't think of that group is going to get in is texas a&m it just it's too hard they're not going to win their own division but it's been a good run for jimbo fisher and then uh let's get to the nfl previews last but certainly not least let's do some nfl previews i just want to talk about a couple of games today one really big one though this all season long every nfl fan likely at least i have and I know Garrett has also, has been looking at the calendar and put their finger, wrote it in Sharpie, highlighted this day. Chiefs at Bucks. It's the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, against the future of the NFL, even though it is basically his league already. Patrick Mahomes. It's their fourth career meeting. They met in week six of 2018. Brady and New England won it 43-40. They then met in the AFC Championship game that next January. Brady won that game 37 all to 31 in overtime and then last year in week 14 Mahomes got the best of Brady winning 23 to 16 they will meet for the fourth time today in Tampa Bay at 425 Eastern 325 Central uh Brady one of the worst games of the season for him against LA on Monday night 26 of 48 216 two touchdowns two picks Mahomes as we know led Kansas City to a great comeback in Vegas, down with 148 remaining, was one of the easiest two-minute drills I've ever seen watching football. It was, you know, they could have settled for a field goal to tie the game, and this is how their drive went, with one timeout and 148 on the clock, down three. 
10 yards, incompletion, 9 yards, 16 yards, 15 yards, 2 yards, 22 yards, which was a touchdown pass for Kelsey. Easily the easiest two-minute drill in the history of football. Possibly. Mahomes is just, he has taken over this league, and he is a superstar to watch. But this game kind of has Tampa Bay upset written all over it. You know, the defense is playing angry. You're going to hear the media headlines that oh, Brady's angry, Bruce Arians is angry, the team is frustrated how they've played. I think they've lost, like, what, three of their last four, something like that. After a great start they had, you know, they fall apart against New Orleans on that Sunday night. They had the bad loss to the Rams. You look back against the, the Bears lost a few weeks ago when, you know, Brady forgot how many downs he had. People will tell you that this is going to be a a Tampa Bay upset, but I just don't see it. The keys to the game, it's the pass rush versus Brady. The teams that got to him win, the teams that can't lose. Can Frank Clark and Chris Jones beat Tampa's pretty injured offensive line? Uh, Kansas City has pretty quietly given up the ninth fewest passing yards per game in the league. And just combine that with Tampa's has the league's worst rushing offense. I know they have great depth there with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie from Vanderbilt, in the third round. He hasn't done anything. Tampa's going to need to establish the run in this game if they want to have a chance to win. Because they can't rely on Brady the entire game to figure it out for them. On the defensive side for Tampa, Carlton Davis has been a really surprise for them. A really good surprise for them. I said before the year Tampa would struggle kind of matching up against those receivers. I was brutally wrong there. Carlton Davis has been outstanding. But what can he do against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey today? And... What is Tampa's defense going to have for Mahomes? We know they have great linebackers with Devin White and Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Bear. They're going to bring some pressure on him. What is Mahomes going to do? I think that he's going to play well. It's going to be hot in Tampa. It's going to be like low 80s, I think. Hopefully not rain because rain would kind of ruin that game between those two legendary quarterbacks. But we'll see what Mother Nature provides. But I really think this is going to be a great game. And I'm going to take the Chiefs close. I'll give you my scores in a little bit. Another big game. Titans-Colts. Played on a pretty pretty ugly Thursday night game a couple weeks ago. A 34-17 win for Indianapolis. That game was just the Tennessee disaster on special teams where they had the the missed field goal and the the shank punt and the block punt that got returned for a touchdown in the blink of an eye. Tennessee was up a couple of touchdowns, blew it. I think it's going to be, I mentioned the revenge game for Tampa. This is the revenge game for Tennessee today. Derrick Henry, I think he had just over 100 yards in that first game against the Colts. Tannehill was really poor in that game. He only had 141 passing yards. They won their last year, kind of late in the year. I think Tennessee is starting to get in that mojo they got in at the end of last year where they eventually got to the AFC title game. They're starting to get better. We saw the win against Baltimore last week. They're getting the rhythm back. I think they're going to win today in Indianapolis. Rivers, that was a great, great comeback that him and that defense especially even with Darius Leonard coming back that secondary is so good they force turnovers they bring pressure on the quarterback Aaron Rodgers looked uncomfortable for the majority of that second half and even though Frank Wright completely blew the clock situation at the end of regulation they still found a way to win in overtime hot rod Rodrigo Blankenship hit the winner I think the Colts are due for a a shaky Rivers performance he's played really I don't think he's turned the ball over in the last like four games which is incredible for Philip Rivers standards I would think that Tennessee defense steps up today in what should be a good game between them and Indianapolis. Quickly one hint on Saints at Broncos. The Broncos are without all four quarterbacks due to contact tracing with COVID. It's been 
you know, I didn't really want to talk about COVID much in this episode because how positive the story about Sarah Fuller was. But the Saints-Broncos is just such an, a weird story. It was Jeff Driscoll, I think, who tested positive. Or, and then he was near their backup, Drew Lo- or their starter, Drew Locke, and everyone else. And all of a sudden, they're left without quarterbacks. And so the man who we think will start a quarterback, there was rumors that was me, Royce Freeman, who's the third string running back, who I looked it up and had never thrown a pass in the NFL or college. I don't think he played quarterback in high school. So I'm not sure what they're going to do there. But Kendall Hinton, a rookie or second year undrafted from Wake Forest. I don't think he's ever been active for an NFL game. He's going to start a quarterback. He started a quarterback for... A couple of games at Wake Forest between 2015 and 2017. In those years, he threw 251 passes, went 133 of 251 for a little over 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, did run for as many as seven touchdowns in his freshman year and almost 400 yards that season. We'll expect a lot of Kendall Hinton running the ball. I'm pretty excited for this game. I have a lot of Broncos fans in my life. They have said they have not been... excited for a game like this in like four years since like Peyton Manning was the quarterback just because like what's going to happen the unpredictability they know the Broncos have had a bunch of pretty bad quarterbacks over the last four years since Peyton Manning retired went off in the sunset after his Super Bowl victory it's going to be interesting and if Kendall Hinton beats New Orleans that would be the NFL story of the season uh tomorrow night Seahawks Eagles they played twice last year the score was 17-9 in both games. I was in a Week 10 game and in a wild card game. Carson Wentz started the first game, and then he got hurt in the second game, and Josh McCown stepped in. I think we're going to see some Jalen Hurts tomorrow. I think Jalen Hurts is going to take some snaps. Carson Wentz has played terrible. They've lost, what, like two or three in a row. They had a bad loss to the Giants. They had a bad loss to Cleveland. Seattle's defense is getting hot. They look good against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have one of the best offenses in the league. Seattle looked good. And going on the road, Pete Carroll, usually very good going back to the East Coast. I don't know how he does it, but when they travel, the Seahawks travel well, and that defense is getting better. Russell Wilson looks comfortable. He had the three, four-game stretch where he was turning the ball over a lot, making mistakes. He seems to be more calm against the Cardinals. They're getting healthier on offense. Even though they just lost Greg Olson for the year, they have a lot of depth at tight end. Running backs are getting healthy. I would expect the Seattle to beat Philadelphia tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. Finally, Tuesday night, if this game happens, that's why I'm not going to touch talk much about it. Baltimore at Pittsburgh. RG3 is going to start at quarterback because of Lamar Jackson's positive test. I'm excited to see RG3. It's been a long time. He started a couple games for Cleveland, but we really haven't seen much as a starter since his days with the Washington football team and Pittsburgh, they have COVID situations of their own running back. James Connor, he is out. Benny Snell is the backup. They also have uh, Anthony McFarland jr. Who's their undraft or is their sixth round pick from the university of Maryland. This is an exciting game. Baltimore has a lot of players out with COVID, but the creativity of Greg Roman and that offense, it's basically going to be the same thing we see with Lamar, but with RG three and if RG three can win a game, against Pittsburgh, who's undefeated, against a great defense. Maybe a turnaround of the career of Robert Griffin III. Or maybe this will be kind of the game we remember for him. I know we remember his outstanding rookie season, but this could be a little twist on that. I'm going to wrap up the show with my NFL picks, my full NFL picks from every game this weekend as it is just after 7 a.m. on 
Central Time. I'm looking at the sunrise in the east. Beautiful sunrise here in Chicago as I'm enjoying my morning. Good view. Enjoying taking the best out of what has been a long layover here in Chicago. Full NFL picks. Start with Raiders Falcons. I'm going to take the Raiders 31-24. They played pretty well against Kansas City. Derek Carr is looking good. I'm going to take the Raiders in more of a high score game. Bills taking on the Chargers at home and going Buffalo 30-17. Two of the better young quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen's been playing well. Buffalo coming off a bye. I'm going to take the Bills at home. Giants hosting the Bengals. Bengals without Joe Burrow after that uh, pretty brutal injury he had last week. Hoping the best for Joe Burrow, one of my favorite young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Brandon Allen starting a quarterback for the Bengals. I'm going to take the Giants, though. 21-6. Should be a pretty ugly game there. Uh, Titans-Colts mentioned. I think Tennessee's going to pull this one off. 31-28. Derrick Henry gets going. Ryan Tannehill plays a better game. A little revenge game for the Titans. Vikings taking on the Panthers at home. I think this is going to be closer than people think. Christian McCaffrey, I don't think he's going to be playing today. I haven't gotten the full injury update there yet. It's still super early. But I'm going to take Minnesota close. Carolina has played a lot of teams close this season. Going to take the Vikings 29-28. Cardinals taking on the Patriots. Uh, Patriots played a lot of close games this year. Haven't won a lot of close games. Going to take the Cardinals 27-24. Miami taking on the Jets. Uh, No Tua Fitzpatrick will start for Miami. Still going to take the Dolphins 28-14. Browns going to Jacksonville. The Browns. Nick Chubb back. They're running the ball well. The the Chubb Hunt duo is dangerous. And when we get to the postseason, it's gonna be tough for teams to stop that run. I'm taking Cleveland 20 to 7. Uh Saints Broncos, we mentioned their practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback. I'm gonna take Taysom Hill and the Saints in a blowout 37 to 7. Rams taking on the Niners. The Rams are quietly one of the four or five best teams in the league. They play really good defense. I'm going to take them 40-26. to 26. I think the Niners will put up some points with Nick Mullins. But eventually the Rams will prevail. Chiefs Bucks taking Kansas City 33-28 for every reason I explained earlier. Packers taking on the Bears Sunday Night Football tonight. Going to take the Packers in a blowout 45-10. Trubisky starting for the Bears. Wonder how long that will go. Uh, Seahawks-Eagles tomorrow night. They played twice last year. It was 17-9 both games. I'm taking Seattle 17-10 tomorrow night. More low scoring. I think we will see some Jalen Hurts. And finally, Tuesday Night Football. If this happens, fingers crossed. Steelers 23, Ravens 13. Pittsburgh will move to 11-0 and as that is the show and what has been an interesting show a shorter one than usual but thanks to all our avid listeners of start your sunday for hearing we're back on kcou 88.1 garrett i think will be there if not he will be on the phone i think garrett will certainly be back for our show in two weeks on december 13th we thank everyone for starting your sunday with us enjoy your nfl sunday enjoy your week Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving and we will see you next time on Start Your Sunday. See you later.